We are back. In uh, John Dean's book, Worse Than Watergate, he lists 11 scandals which might well bring down the Bush administration, even in the event of Bush winning the election in November. Number eight on the list was as follows. If Dick Cheney's stall in addressing terrorism had an ulterior motive, or Bush and Cheney negligently ignored warnings, it will be a horrid scandal, certainly worse than Watergate. Our next guest believes things are even worse than that. Michael Rupert was an honors graduate of UCLA in political science and a former Los Angeles Police Department narcotics investigator who discovered that the CIA was involved in the trafficking of drugs in 1977. This should come as no surprise to anyone familiar with the Iran-Contra scandal. And the Los Angeles Police Department has certainly had its problems. Um, This is uh, something that we were reminded of on last week's program by the former mayor of Beverly Hills, Robert Tannenbaum. When Michael Rupert attempted to act as a whistleblower, he was forced out of the LAPD, although he had earned the highest ratings possible and had no pending disciplinary actions. I've seen Michael Rupert speak locally twice in the past two years, and he is, um, to say the least, a fascinating lecturer. I'm certain he will come back to this area in the not-too-distant future. When he does so, we will let you know about it. Mike Rupert is currently the publisher-editor of From the Wilderness, an online newsletter he founded in 1998. I would highly recommend that you go on the web and take a look at what he has posted there. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Mr. Rupert. Thank you for having me. Well, we've been wanting to get to you for a long time. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Can you phrase that differently? (laughs) (laughs) And Condoleezza Rice's testimony, I think, will serve as a great backdrop for you to come on and talk to our listening audience. Yeah, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of meat on the table right now. Well, you start out in an an essay that you... uh, We're we're recording this on the 9th of April. uh, As of yesterday, you talked about... uh, Condi Rice's testimony before the commission investigating 9-11, and uh, noted, first of all, she said she would move heaven and earth to have prevented these attacks if only they had known. Now, in your essay, you take a rather a skeptical view of this. Skeptical is a kind word, but yes, that's true. Well, actually, let's start with the fact that the title of this document was Bin Laden Determined to Strike Inside U.S. That was revealed for the first time to the American public yesterday during these hearings. Condoleezza Rice then went on to say this was a speculative paper. And you have documented in, in your essay on your website that uh, this, can't, this can't be the case. Well, yes, and, 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 and actually the title of this brief has been out for some time, though not widely publicized, as a result of stories written by a retired CIA 27-year veteran named Ray McGovern, who is uh, the head of a group called Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity who disclosed the title of the brief about six months ago uh, and also uh, was quite clear in uh, uh, saying what, what, what's obvious from it, from, from the title. This is not a speculative title. Uh, it is an action-oriented uh, title, and it's very clear uh, that what this brief was referring to was the fact that there were deliberate plans to uh, make attacks inside the U.S. Uh, by al-Qaeda, uh, operatives who had been here for some time and that a, a great many people knew that they were here. And in the story that I wrote after that, I said uh, very clearly that, look, these are the warnings from foreign intelligence services that we know about. And those warnings taken together, <clears throat> very credible warnings, very well documented, 
from German, French, Russian, Jordanian, uh, a number of intelligence services say that hijacked airliners were going to be crashed into the World Trade Center in the week of September 9th, and when combined with insider trading on, on the financial markets, which the government was aware of, you knew that the airliners were going to be United and American. That's pretty specific, and, and Condoleezza Rice was flat out lying. Well, let's go through some of those those one by one. But now that you have noted in your in your uh, your essay that she's on record as having lied, as you wrote, the suspect story is not true. Then the suspect is, in all probability, guilty as hell, or withholding material evidence of someone else's guilt. Correct. Pretty strong words. Pretty clear words. Anyone, I have been a uh, police officer. I have worked as a, a uh, detective with LAPD. Uh, I have interviewed suspects. And uh, legally, this is a very cut-and-dried procedure. When you are uh, investigating a crime and you come across people who were material to the crime, that is, either witnesses or possible suspects, and, and uh, their stories turn out to be lies, provable lies, and or fabrication, you know that, uh, you know, very simply put, where there's smoke, there's probably fire. Uh, and we have some, we have flames erupting all around Condoleezza Rice in, in, in her statement. Well, certainly, uh, certainly lies can get a president into trouble, uh, as, as, of course, John Dean proved 31 years ago with Richard Nixon. Let's go through um, this, this essay that you wrote, I think, bit by bit, because a lot of it in here I think the public, uh, our listening audience, perhaps is not aware of. You first off cited a CBS News story, July 26, 2001, in which... Uh, uh, inquiries from CBS News over why John Ashcroft was traveling by leased jet instead of commercial airlines. Um, uh, they cited a threat assessment. Correct. We're talking about, and and those flights were within the continental United States. So, uh, ipso facto, right on its face, uh, John Ashcroft was responding to an internal threat when Condoleezza Rice said more than six times yesterday that they had no uh, no indication of any internal threat. So somebody's lying here. Now, uh, Bernie Ward, who's, uh, who's quite, quite a pistol on KGO here in the West, um, had commented in regards that that August 6th briefing that apparently Condoleezza Rice made some comments afterwards about what are we supposed to do, shut down the airlines, showing that there was something very specific in that, in that briefing regarding airlines. Clearly. I mean, there were dozens and dozens of warnings about airliners. The, the history... Uh, of knowledge of the uh, plans to use hijacked airliners as weapons goes back to 1997 uh, when the U.S. and Philippine intelligence officers seized a laptop computer belonging to Ramzi Youssef in the Philippines on which were the plans for something called Project Bojinka and the FBI has acknowledged this which called for the hijacking of airliners and crashing them into buildings. Uh, the, uh, the history is so replete with uh, detailed uh, descriptions of this that we even find that on o October of 2000 uh, the Pentagon was staging drills for a crashed uh, a hijacked airliner being crashed into the Pentagon so how wow. can Condoleezza Rice conceivably by the faintest uh, stretch of imagination argue that there was no knowledge that such events could happen the National Reconnaissance Office on the day of 9-11 which is right outside of Washington DC was also holding a drill about a, 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 an airliner crashing into their headquarters. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous for Rice to even sit there with a straight face and tell the American people that this had not been considered. Well, you went on record with five particularly uh, uh, good examples of, um, of intelligence uh, being passed along. 
as regarding air- airliners. Why don't we go through some of those? Because uh, sure. I think that they're worth, they're worth going through. The FAZ newspaper uh, on September 13th warned both the CIA and Israel in June 2001 that Middle Eastern terrorists were planning to hijack commercial aircraft to use as weapons to attack important symbols. Of American and Israeli culture, yes. Correct. Okay, and you said that the, the, these, the, this is from the German intelligence, the BND. These warnings were also passed to the United Kingdom. Yes. Okay, and then there's been no denial of that story by the BND or, or anyone associated with FAZ. Although it's very interesting that apparently the German government is sensitive to this. I spoke on 9-11 uh, with my dear friend, the Honorable Cynthia McKinney, a former and soon-to-be current congressperson representing the 4th District of Georgia. She and I lectured there, and German national TV came and questioned me with this very left-handed thing. We, uh, they said we went to the editor of Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, uh, which is a very respected paper in Germany. And uh, the editor said that, not, not, not the reporter who wrote the story originally, the editor said that uh, the BND didn't know of any such warnings. What do you say? And I say, that is a non-denial denial. You have to go back. You published, you meaning the uh, uh, FAZ published the story. You got to go back to the original reporter and the editor who signed off on the story and find the source who gave it to you to begin with, and they wouldn't do that. Uh, BND officially has not issued any denial uh, that that warning was passed along to the U.S. Point two you make. Um, according to a September 14th report, Internet Newswire Online, German police monitoring phone calls of a jailed Iranian man learned he was telephoning that. Um, intelligence agencies to warn of an imminent attack on the World Trade Center in the week of September 9th. Correct. And that story has been subsequently confirmed again within the last six months in a left-handed manner by statements from the U.S. Department of Justice and other official U.S. government agencies. It was a, it was a very oblique confirmation that was buried. Uh, but again, this is a specific warning. Uh, again, that uh, it was uh, what we would call signals intelligence uh, monitoring the phone calls that was very specific and the most recent stories you know say that this guy was a person of interest if you will in connection with al-qaeda operations uh, so here we have uh, hijacked airliners crashed into important symbols uh, of american culture in the week of september the ninth and this is how we begin to unravel rice's uh, testimony completely third of five you cited august two thousand french intelligence sources confirmed a man recently arrested in Boston by the FBI was an Islamic militant and key member of al-Qaeda. The FBI knew the man had been taking flying lessons at the time of his arrest and was in possession of technical information on Boeing aircraft and flight manuals, reported by Reuters September 13th. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, and now we also have activity near the Boston Logan Airport, which was the uh, site of one of the 9-11 hijackings. All right, fourth item. Uh, according to a story, Izvesti on September 12th, Russian intelligence warned that the U.S. government warned the U.S. government that as many as 25 pilots were training for missions involving the crashing of airliners into important targets. Correct. And this is probably the most one of the most damning pieces of evidence. I was uh, uh, I had an original draft of this story that was incomplete, but a colleague uh, who spent uh, 26 years as a CIA counter-terror case officer. He uh, left the CIA. His name is Luttrell Osborne. He's gone on the record. He was the only African-American case officer in CIA working counter-terrorism. Uh, called me up and said his son, who was a Russian speaker, uh, had saved 
and his Vestia story dated September 12th, the day after. And I actually put links up to the original story, which mm-hmm. has been scanned. It's on my website. Uh, and you can see it has some extremely damning paragraphs in there, specifically stating, number one, that Russian intelligence warned the U.S. government and that a high-level delegation was sent to CIA headquarters a couple of weeks before the attacks. And that um, among the information they had was that the World Trade Center was the target, but also they had names of many of the hijackers. This, uh, this warning was confirmed by Vladimir Putin himself, who appeared on MSNBC shortly after the attacks. He was in New York, and he went on, uh, I believe it was National Public Radio, uh, and, and on MSNBC. And he said, I ordered President Bush warned in the strongest possible terms that these attacks were coming. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Now, how does uh, Condoleezza Rice even plausibly believe that a direct warning from a head of state especially Russia, uh, which had uh, a great deal of intelligence and penetration of al-Qaeda, was ignored or missed. It's impossible. Putting all that together, it, it makes it pretty hard for Condoleezza Rice's testimony to, to, to stand. There are a great many more warnings than that. This is what, uh, from the Wilderness My Newsletter, documented within the first six months to a year after the attacks. Let's mention, by the way, your website again for people that want to want, want more information. Sure, it's www.fromthewilderness.com, and we have a great search engine there. Also, you can find our subject categories broken down neatly in the left-hand uh, column, uh, so you can go right to the stories that you're looking for. One thing that hasn't been talked about much, uh, I know it also that NPR got it wrong when they said that this is the first time that the title of that August 6th briefing had come out. Uh, it's been overlooked, is there's something you focused in on, on From the Wilderness, is this insider trading issue, that there's some very suspicious activity uh, regarding some, some put options. Can you tell us about that? Yes. The, basically, a put option is a bet that a stock price is going to fall. Um, it involves one put option, normally covers 100 shares of stock, and it is an option to sell, which you can sometimes buy for as little as a dollar a share of the option. Uh, a, a stock at a given price at a future date. Uh, for example, if I uh, uh, look at American Airlines today and say that it's $100 a share, and I uh, buy a put option, and I think the price is going to fall, I will buy a put option to sell American at 100 a share uh, that can be exercised within four months uh, of the date of uh, purchase of the option. So if, uh, if I buy the option on Tuesday, Americans at $100 a share, and on Friday, American Airlines drops to $25 a share. I do not have to own the shares of stock when I buy the option. So when the stock price drops to 25 I can buy tons of American shares at 25 exercise the option, and the person holding the other end of the option is then committed to purchase the shares from me at $100 a share. I'm, I'm making those numbers up, but you see how the system works. Yes. And we had thousands and thousands of put options placed on American and United way out of whack. And, and the key in, in uh, analyzing insider trading, this is from Bloomberg, CBS, all the major financial houses, and I've studied this quite extensively, is a, is a gross imbalance between the number of put options and the number of call options, which work in the exact opposite direction. That's about the stock price is going to go up. Uh, we had, according to CBS News, uh, put options on American Airlines 1,200 percent, or excuse me, 1,200 times more higher than normal uh, in the week prior to 9/11. Uh, there were no insider trades put on any other airlines except for United and American. Other major companies that were hit hard were also involved: Merrill Lynch, uh, Morgan Stanley, 
AXA Reinsurance, Munich Reinsurance, and this uh, which, which, which were in the World Trade Center, I guess. Uh, yeah. In or close to, yeah. yes. The financial trading was documented in the financial markets on in uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Chicago, where the Chicago Board Options Exchange is located, uh, New York, London, and Berlin. Uh, and the amount involved was estimated in one case by Andreas von Bülow, the former German cabinet minister, as high as $15 billion. Now, what I, I find curious about this is that, that, that when you put this is not done in a vacuum. If someone makes an order like this, you have to have a name of someone uh, to know who to, to do the transaction with. And yet, subsequent to this, there's been no uh, U.S. or foreign agency that's announced any arrests or developments. That's quite correct. So how can um, that be? <laughs> well, first of all, you and I do not have the ability to find out who made the trades. Those are protected by, by, by uh, banking privacy laws for the same reason I, I, I can't go out and access your checking account. Right. Uh, so uh, only law enforcement agencies in, in, in America, let's say the SEC, uh, the uh, Justice Department, and a number of other agencies, the FBI, could have the ability to do that. There was widespread consternation and an uproar, and I have a number of quotes taken from major uh, uh, indisputable services like Bloomberg, CBS, Broadband Research, uh, major uh, financial houses, verifying that this was egregious insider trading. Yet we have had no official response from anywhere uh, that, uh, that anyone was arrested. And the explanation for that... Uh, it is a bit detailed, but to simplify it for you, I have documented in previous stories that all intelligence agencies, number one, track stock trades in real time uh, to warn of just such a financial or economic attack. Sure. And number two, uh, that uh, intelligence agencies and the financial markets are really one and the same thing, and that's a very key thing to understand, especially with CIA. Uh, the current executive vice president of the New York Stock Exchange uh, for enforcement, that's a laugh, David Doherty is the retired CIA general counsel. Uh, the uh, guy who uh, uh, ran the CIA for Ronald Reagan, Bill Casey, had been chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission for Richard Nixon. He was a stockbroker. CIA was created by uh, two lawyers, John Foster and Alan Dulles, uh, who were p partners in the most powerful law firm on Wall Street, Sullivan and Cromwell. And the act was written by Clark Clifford, who was a major Wall Street banker. Uh, I could do like an hour on the Wall Street CIA connections. And, yeah. the, and the point is very clear. And, that, and you have. <laughs> yes. Uh, the point is very, very clear that many, many foreign intelligence services, as we already know from the warnings that we've established, uh, knew that the attacks were coming and that the U.S. government was going to allow the attacks to happen. So that information made its way from the intelligence services to the financial markets around the world, and that was the cause of all this insider trading. And you have a special video that addresses that very topic that I think people interested in that could, could order as well. Where Wall Street's War for Drug Money. Okay. That was a lecture I gave at USC uh, in December of 2000, which really uh, goes into great depth about uh, the Wall Street intelligence connection. Which, which I've seen, and I would say, is well worth our listeners going out and grabbing a copy of. One thing that I did not know that I found, found interesting about this essay that you've written here is that, um, that uh, Bob Edwards noted went to a reporter in the field as the attacks had taken place on September 11th. On that very day, as reported by David Wellna, NPR's congressional correspondent, mm -hmm. uh, spoke with a congressman, Ike Skelton, who said that um, as, as the building was being evacuated, Wellna reported, quote, I spoke with Congressman Ike Skelton, a Democrat from Missouri and a member of the Armed Services Committee, who said that just recently the director of the CIA warned 
that there could be an attack, an imminent attack on the United States of this nature, so this is not entirely unexpected. And, of course, Skelton has refused anybody's questions, including mine, ever since that story came out. Uh, that is in direct opposition, again, with Condoleezza Rice's sworn position. I mean, how can we have uh, testimony from DCI Tenet, uh, that's Director of Central Intelligence, George Tenet, saying, as soon as the first plane hit, my first thought was Osama bin Laden, when you have President Bush saying, I saw the first plane hit, which was a lie, uh, and my first thought was, gee, that's a terrible pilot. I mean, uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. Bush himself, of course, is a pilot. Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to fly with him, but yes. Well, Michael Rupert, uh, Condoleezza Rice has made statements, which you've uh, has outlined in great detail for us today, uh, cannot withstand scrutiny. What do you think will happen next? I think uh, that depends on a great deal uh, as to what the reaction is from the American people, the victims' families. I have, for one, been a, a strong advocate of the KISS method, keep it simple, surely, in terms of discrediting the government approach for a long time. There are so many anomalies, lies, inconsistencies with the government's 9-11 story that you can kind of get uh, distracted because, the, you know, it, it, it's like uh, being hit with a thousand ping-pong balls all at once. Which, which one do you hit? But, I, see, this is so simple to understand. The 9-11 Commission just chose to uh, absolutely ignore uh, these huge, gaping inconsistencies in her testimony uh, with, the, with the known facts. You, you think it depends on how, how this reaction goes down in the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. I think we have a window on 9-11. As, as I indicated in the story, uh, Condi Rice was basically in the position uh, to c continue with the analogy of saying either book me or let me go. Uh, and the let the government go period kind of comes uh, ultimately with the November election. We now know that the White House has said it may uh, hold the report from the Independent Commission even until after the election. That's wrong. But we have a couple of windows coming up uh, with a Supreme Court decision on disclosure of records from Vice President Cheney's uh, National Energy Policy Development Group, which uh, that's where I think the deepest secrets of 9-11 are buried. Uh, we have what is supposed to be the Commission's final report or final hearings uh, coming up late July, early August. Uh, then we have the conventions. Uh, but uh, my strategic assessment is that if we do not firmly get 9-11 on the plate by the November election, it will become a historical debate rather than a current political uh, debate. All right. Well, we're doing our part to, to stir the pot. In your essay, you noted that throughout the world, the independent media organizations have done an outstanding job of picking up and reporting on independently published stories, which the major, which the major media overlooked. Well, we're doing what we can today, and we appreciate your efforts, your tireless efforts to, uh, to get the data out there. It's always a pleasure. I mean, this is what I've been doing since 9-11. I, I don't see me stopping anytime soon. Well, would you come back in a couple of weeks and, uh, and, and talk more about this? Because it's like it's hard to do in just 25 minutes uh, a really a meaningful, in-depth discussion. Uh, certainly be happy to do that. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Our thanks once again to Michael C. Rupert. We do hope he will return to our program in the future. Um, he's got a lot to say, and I find it most curious that although he started out a couple years ago seeming to be in deepest left field, the mainstream media has caught up to an awful lot of what he's had to say. 
And I'm optimistic we will get John Dean to return to our program in the future as well. What a boon his insights will be to you, the listening public. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett, and this is Radio Parallax. We look forward to talking to you next Thursday at 5 o'clock for our special Pledge Drive program. We will have a lot of goodies for you and hope that you will reach deeply into your pockets to help support KDVS, which is a most worthy cause. Stay tuned for Todd Yurick's program, Hometown Atrocities, to follow next. Let's get the message to the receiver. Hope of an answer someday.